You're listening to the Oz TV podcast, only on the Oz Network. Welcome back to the Oz Network, a TV episode of your favourite TV film podcast. I'm saying that now because you know it's true. A very special episode for you today for Survivor fans in particular, as we uh, speak to a couple of former Survivor contestants about their attendance for an upcoming charity event in Cincinnati and Ohio in the USA. The event is called Reality for Diabetes, and it happens every single year, organised by the fantastic Tasha Wilkie. And the event aims to raise funds for type 1 diabetes research for JDRF, and an event that uh, I will be attending uh, this year. I'm very much looking forward to it. It's on the weekend of June 2nd, 3rd, and fourth, uh, will be in the US at the time and uh, making my way a fantastic lineup of stars that are heading to this event. And you'll hear me talk about the lineup to some people that are on that lineup. And we've got three guests for you on today's episode. You're going to hear from Dan Foley, of course, competed on season 30, Worlds Apart. The Queen, Sandra Diaz Twine, winner of Survivor Season 7, Pearl Islands, winner of Survivor Season 20, Heroes vs. Villains, and very recent competitor on current season that's airing right now, Season 34 of Survivor Game Changers, sadly voted out a few weeks ago. But uh, she's uh, talking about her attendance at the event and a little bit about the game too. And uh, from Survivor Season 2, the Australian Outback, Mitchell Olsen. And uh, all three of them talk a little bit about Survivor. They talk a little bit about the event. They talk about everything else in between. And, uh, of course, drumming up support for this fantastic event that uh, is only a month away. So uh, this is the first of three of these episodes we'll be bringing you across the next three weeks. Drumming up support. And uh, you'll hear me mention in these interviews about the details for the fundraising, and uh, if you have found this via iTunes, Stitcher, Facebook, social media, wherever you found this episode, you can head to our website, theoznetwork.net, and on that you'll find an article for this uh, episode, and within that article will be the links to the uh, the donation pages that you will find. But more details about that at the end of this episode. Sit back, relax right now, as you hear my chats I had with Dan Foley, Sandra Diaz-Twine, and Mitchell Olsen in the lead-up to Reality for Diabetes 2017. Excited to bring you a series of interviews over the coming weeks here on the Oz Network with a bunch of people who, let's be honest, are good friends of ours. If you listen to us from Survivor Oz, you would have heard their voices plenty of times across the course of that show. But uh, we're here to talk to them about an event that is happening in the US, in the state of Ohio, in the city of Cincinnati, to be completely precise, in June. It's called Reality for Diabetes, and it's a fantastic event that is raising funds for diabetes research and a magnificent collection of reality stars from Survivor, from Big Brother, The Amazing Race, are all coming together to help raise some funds for this and uh, have a great old time. And we've got a bunch of these people to talk to over the coming weeks to help drum up support, including our next guest. He uh, competed on the 30th season of Survivor of Worlds Apart. To this day, holds the record, a record that will always stand because Survivor Oz isn't a thing anymore, of the longest interview that I ever did on that show. And also an integral member of Team Survivor Oz at Reality Rally 2016, where I, if I recall, we finished in a fairly respectable 33rd place. I do speak of Mr. Dan Foley. Dan, welcome to the Oz Network. What do you say, Ben? How are you doing, brother? I am doing absolutely fantastic. I feel like I'm talking to a new man, though, because I can see you right now. You've got no beard, and um, this is something that I've clearly been living under a rock on social media because everyone knew about <laughs> this except for me. I'm like, who is this man I'm talking to right now? That's not Dan. Yeah, I uh, 
went almost five, almost exactly five years wow. with that thing. Five and uh, my wife, oh, God, she hated it. <laughs> oh, Aaron hated this beard with a fiery passion. And uh, so I, as a, uh, as a Christmas, as a birthday gift, I shaved the beard off for her. Wow. So and Was that like the best present she'd ever gotten? Was she like, wow, I love you so much more than I ever did yesterday? I have never gotten so many kisses from my wife in such a short amount of time. Yeah. I bet yeah, you that's not the only thing you got, Dan. Let's be honest. Holla. <laughs> <laughs> know what I mean? Know what I mean? Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Yeah, she she literally had dreams about um, about a shaved face. You know, it was she, – she put up with it for a long time. Wow. And, uh, you know, a lot of people ask me, like, oh, why did you do that? Why? Why? Because nothing defines me as a whole. You know, there are all these different parts. So the beard didn't define me. I had it. It was fun. I had, an, you know, and it's time to let it go. Now, so is, I moved on. And is it a case of still moving on? Do you go back to shaving or are you back to the screw it? I can't be bothered shaving for five years mindset again. Uh, I'm back to, well, again, you know, she put up with it for so long. So now I'm just going to be nice to her. She likes the five o'clock shadow. <laughs> so what I've been doing is I just take out the clippers yep. and then I'll just get down to clipper length. So I, I've literally shaved twice in, uh, since I took it off in March, wow. like a full down nothing shave. Other than that, I just keep taking out the clippers. Just go for so, it. Yeah. I feel, yeah. I've, I feel I've almost had this conversation with you before in the past about beards because I, I for one, uh, don't mind a beard every now and then. I just, I, I'm, I'm usually yeah. grow a beard because I'm lazy. I just don't like shaving. But then I get to kind of that month mark and I'm like, fuck, this is so itchy. What the hell am I <laughs> doing? And I just get rid of it. Um, so props to you for five years because I, yeah, I can barely go five weeks without having one. It's, it annoys the shit out of me. Well, I just find that there are parts of it that do, like the chops. Mm-hmm. The chops didn't bother me. Um, the just down here, it it didn't bother me too much. The neck, neck drives me insane. Yeah. Oh, me, oh, it just drives me crazy. Mm-hmm. And the mustache, it curls. My my mustache curls really hard. So it's like it comes in the mouth, and I'm like. <laughs> blah, blah, blah. So I'm constantly trimming it. So it's really, really short. Yeah. That way it doesn't get in my mouth. It made me crazy. And, and but that we'll, was the only part of the whole beard that I actually trimmed and maintained and And just went to town. I mean, do you find now though that you can eat, I guess, a lot more messier foods now? Because you're not having to worry about getting it stuck in your facial hair. Positives. No, it's you you I mean I'm I'm actually really kind of a douchebag when it comes to like table manners. <laughs> so I used to I was I was I, I don't know if I'm allowed to say this. I'll bring on the hate. Whatever. Say it. Say I was it a Nazi. Oh, you can I say Nazi. Nazi. Nazi's fine. They yeah, well, that's right. We get to on them. That's okay. Yeah. Um, I was a genuine Nazi at the table raising my stepkids when it came to the table manners. You know, get your elbows off the table. Do not talk with food in your mouth. Um, please, thank you. Proper manners. And if you have three violations, three strikes, you're out. You lose your food. And I took and I I would take their food. And I remember one night my stepson screwed up really bad. And I'm like, that's one. And then he screwed up again. That's two. Three strikes, you're out. 
and he did something else. He put something in his mouth and he started talking with a big mouthful of food. And I'm like, that's it. Three strikes. And we had Chinese food that night. Oh, nice. So I reached over and I took his food and he's like, and you could just see him like, <laughs> and he goes, when do I get it back? And I'm like, never. And I started eating his food right in front of him. Oh, wow. Guess how good his table manners were the next day. I bet you they were pretty darn perfect. <laughs> they were impeccable. That's, that's what you call tough love. And parenting 101, you know? that works, I feel. There you go. Thank you. I didn't hit him. I didn't harm him. But I taught him a very valuable lesson. You know, when some parents say kids will be kids, really what they should be saying is bad parenting produces assholes. That's what that means. <laughs> That's, that's a, I like that. That works. Um, see, I, I think I would abuse that system, though, uh, Dan. I feel that I would I would get there and be like, fuck, I really want more of this Chinese food. Oh, what was that, Billy? You totally went against our rules. First strike. Oh, no, two, three. Oh, no, I'll have to have your food. Oh, what a shame. Go to bed. See, that's because you're a bloody wanker. There's yeah. a difference. Well, exactly. You know, that's not the same. Not the same that's thing. That's why I'm not a parent. Let's be honest. That's why I've never produced a child in my life. At least that I know of. I mean, if I've got kids out there that are wanting to find me, don't find me. I'm an asshole. So just don't. I'm not a good dad. All right? <laughs> Dude, it, you know something? Own it, baby. Own the, the own your asshole status. There's nothing wrong with that. Exactly. It's good to know who you are and what you are. Thank you. Because that you, way Dan. you can accept or you can grow. Yeah. Either way. Oh, I feel like this is such an inspirational uh, interview. I, it wasn't planned this way, but uh, I feel like I'm learning so much, so much about you, myself, uh, parenting, um, Chinese food. Uh, now, obviously, as I mentioned, uh, Reality for Diabetes is happening in Cincinnati. This, I mean, this lineup is fantastic. I, I basically... I'm in the States. I'm, I've heard about this. I'm kind of like, oh, cool. You know, why not? But then when I've heard the lineup, I'm like, I'm there. I'm there with bells on. Um, and I mean, you know, yourself, clearly you're the star of this. Of course you are. But I oh, mean, yeah, well. you know, that's why we have you on first, the star billing. Uh, my, minor characters involved in this include, I mean, Sandra. I mean, what does Sandra do in Survivor? Why does Sandra need yeah, to what? go there? You know, Jerry Manthe, really? I mean, what's she done? <laughs> well, Playboy thing was pretty impressive, but, you know, well, Survivor. You, you haven't done Playboy yet, Dan. When you do Playboy. Uh... <laughs> well, play girl. I mean, thank you. <laughs> it's Although 2017. I would do Playboy, I would, <laughs> listen, I would do Playboy just to break down the gender barriers. Exactly. Okay? Exactly. I'm willing to do that. I would be like the template, you know, for strong, independent men everywhere. Yep. They did they stop they stopped putting nudie pictures in their magazines for about a couple of years, didn't they? But they've brought them back, I feel. I think they kind of like no one's buying our magazine. I wonder why. <laughs> Can't imagine. You take out boobs, everybody loves boobs. Guys, girls, dogs. Everybody loves boobs. Come on. Oh, goodness. Uh, but, yeah, Jerry's going, Mitchell Olsen. We've got Jenna Lewis from the first season, Joel Klug from the first season. The list goes on. But, uh, I mean, what's, what's besides, obviously, hanging out with these awesome people, and me, clearly, because that's why you're also going, what what draws you to uh, Cincinnati to, to attend this event? Uh, the Tasha, Tasha Wilkes reached out to me the first year I was on Survivor and asked me to attend the event. And I couldn't make it the first year. I was actually uh, committed for a training for the post office. And it was at the same time, so I couldn't do it. But I did go last year, and uh, myself, Mike, 
Tyler, Sierra, uh, the four of us were there. Joel Klug was there. I mean, there was, again, really spectacular lineup. And uh, it was, it, you know, it was really nice. The reality for diabetes is uh, a small part, uh, but the organization itself is called the JDRF, the Juvenile Diabetes Research Fund. So they're specifically trying to assist children in this whole event. And I mean, you know, when when you reach out to me and you're like, you know, this is for kids who are are dealing with this. They've done nothing. It just befalls them. And it's talking to somebody's kids, hearing some of their stories. It's just it's heartbreaking and inspirational all at the same time. And uh, for the record, when they mailed out the postcards for this year's JDRF. Yours truly was on the postcard. There you go. I told you the star. So, so. oh well, <laughs> I had one, had one girl up on my shoulders, and there were four young ladies standing in front of me, and it was a it was actually a wonderful picture, and uh, I, obviously I was very flattered, and uh, but the whole event just beginning to end, they're just little events, you know day after day and it's a, just a, an enormous amount of fun but there was also an opportunity for downtime and uh we actually got to go to matt bischoff's house oh nice and we all hung out with matt and we were all hanging out and we were playing cornhole <laughs> and we were just talking and jervis peterson was there last year along with joel Klug. so we were hearing stories from you know just way back from season one and uh, we, it really was just a great mix of events and downtime to hang out with other survivors and get to know some of these people. Um, Christina Correa, uh, Correa, rather, excuse me. <laughs> we ended up, she gets so bored with the survivor talk. <laughs> she says, all right, she goes, I'm done with this. Let's go do something. And everybody's like, I don't know. I still want to talk about my season. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm in. Where do you want to go? She goes, let's get an Uber and let's go. So we ended up going into the bar district in Cincinnati. And let's see, got a couple drinks, went dancing, hit this spectacular pizza place, broke up a bar fight, <laughs> saved a guy from getting arrested, wow. and then ended up going back to hang out with the other survivors. <laughs> and everybody was fascinated with the story. Joel you did, you did that deliberately to go crazy. That's, that's a Christina thing, isn't it? She's just like, oh, fuck it. I'm sick of Survivor. I'm going to go create my own stories and come back and tell you how amazing our night was. Fuck Survivor. This is, I'm a cop, so this is kind of what we're going to do. <laughs> oh, it, it, was, it was spectacular. I mean, she, she just jumped into the middle of this situation. <laughs> She's like three steps ahead of me, and then she just jumps into the middle of this, of this fight that's going on, breaks it up completely, and this one guy got blindsided by this other guy, <laughs> broke it up, saved the guy that was getting blindsided, and he just wanted to go back and just kill this person. Wow. And we, the two of us talked him down off the ledge, convinced him to go, and Christina had the best line. She goes, you can either leave now and wake up in your own bed, or you can go back there, start more trouble. The cops have already shown up, and you're going to wake up in a jail cell. Choice is yours. <laughs> and that was that was kind of what really sunk in. And we get back. We, we kind of retold the story. And Joel Klug looks at me, and he goes, this may be the single best story of any of these events I have ever gone to. Why did I miss this? I said, because you were a pussy and stayed behind. Just talking about how great you are, you wanker. You should have come with us. 
So, wow. Wow. This is now, you're selling this very well. You're selling this event and maybe the city of Cincinnati as well. This is my first time visiting Cincinnati. So hell if this is just a Friday night in Cincinnati, I'm down. <laughs> yeah, we had a great time and I just you know, it's just another day in the course of my life, so that's <laughs> whatever. Out having a drink, dancing with Christina, you know, smoking hot lady, super nice. Christina is she is just legitimately the salt of the earth. Mm. She is so down to earth and so easygoing. I love talking to her. Love spending time with her. Well, she's going to be there again, of course, this year. And um, yeah, I got the pleasure of uh, hanging out with her at Reality Rally last year. Of course, where you know I met you in person, fantastically enough. But it's, I mean, it's the thing I find fascinating about these events too. It's kind of you know going over sort of like last year, you mentioning people like Jervis were there, and Joel's obviously going to be there again this year, but very well known that you are a huge Survivor fan. I mean, you applied like every day of your entire life until you got on the show, basically. <laughs> so, I mean, for you kind of going to these events to be able to meet these people, sort of, you know, the 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 high, the really high people up there from these, you know, the old school, the OGs. I mean, do you kind of sometimes take yourself out of the fact that, hey, I was actually on this show. Screw it. Oh, my God, there's Jenna Lewis. <laughs> oh, I mean, it's it's funny because I I was always a fan first. And the only difference between me and any other fan out there is I just got lucky enough to play. Mm-hmm. And I, But I've also realized that people are just people, you know? I mean, I don't care who you are. I had um, uh, Chris Hemsworth, Thor, from yeah, the movies. We're, we're he actually friends. reached out to me during... Yeah, I know. So <laughs> he reached out to me during my season. Really? And he's like... Yeah, he's Hang like, on, how is this the first fan? time I'm hearing about this? Hang on a minute. What's going on here? This is amazing. Tell, keep, I'll, I'll, I'll shut up. I shouldn't interrupt you. This is amazing. <laughs> um, who else? Uh, who else did I, that reached out to me? Bruno Mars. Wow. Ended up meeting him. Um, what couple, did they you know, say? It's, and it's just, what did they say to you? Like, what does Chris Hemsworth say to you when he reaches out to you? He was actually uh, backstage at Saturday Night Live. Wow. And I thought it was just... And I thought it was a minion. And, uh, yeah, so it was, you know, it's, but they're just, they're just people. They're just people, you know? So I got to meet Jervis Peterson, one of the original survivors, Joel Klug. I, I just couldn't get over how much in common Joel and I had. Mm-hmm. And it was so great to meet him and just talk to him and, I mean, just bust each other's balls, you know, just be guys kind of thing. Um, you know, I'm super excited to meet Sandra, mm-hmm. you know, really looking forward to meeting her. Um, Brooke Strzok was there last year who, and she is just such a doll. She is such a sweetheart. So enjoyed spending time with her. And I'm just, there's a great lineup this year. Obviously I'm certainly looking forward to meeting Jerry Manthe. That, although uh... this woman had nothing nice to say about me all season long well that's gonna make it interesting because i i have to be honest and look i'm still just starstruck by the fact that you just casually mentioned oh yeah chris hensworth bruno mars they met me but wow i met joel and jervis Uh, that's a true survivor fan right there but like i gotta say the real (laughs) real selling point for me was the fact that jerry was going because look i mean there's nothing to take away from anybody else i mean i've met you dan we're friends you know all that sort of stuff yeah we're buddies that's all good dude that's that's how it is but like I've, I've, but Jerry, the Black Widow. I mean, she's come on, like the doyen of doyen when it comes to just villains in Survivor and just 
anything. And like, I, I've, I've had the pleasure of interviewing her twice. And one of my favorite clips that I, I've put on like little best of bits and everything. She ended the second time I interviewed her by calling me her favorite Australian. And that to me is like one of my favorite <laughs> clips I've ever got. I've got Jerry Manthe saying, it's always a pleasure to speak to my favorite Australian. So kind of when I see she's at this event, I'm there, I'm sold. It's like, wow, there we go. So, um, I don't usually fanboy out over people sort of anymore. But I will over Jerry Manthe. I'm going to lose my shit. <laughs> I don't know what I'm going to do, Dan. I really don't know. I'm just putting that out there on this first one of these interviews. Sorry, Jerry, if you listen to this. You're going to hold it together, all right? If you start to fanboy out, you come over towards me, right? I'll bring you off the ledge. That way you don't go over and go, oh, Get Christina Jerry. in there. Get yeah. Christina. You can either go up to her and talk to her, or you can go home and never have met her. It's your choice. Right. You know, and don't go over there like a total goober. You know, breathe. <laughs> Okay? You're not going to be drooling. You're not going to heavy paint on her. You're just going to breathe and you're going to talk to her like talk to me yeah. and it's going to be fine. Otherwise, she's going to think you're an absolute psychopath, stalker <laughs> freak, and we do not want that to happen. And let's be right? honest, that's a common that's a common belief from most women when they meet me is that I am a you know a psychopath, stalker freak. But I don't want Jerry right. Manthe to think that. So <laughs> thank you, exactly. <laughs> I'm trying to help you, pal. All right. Okay. okay. I'm trying I'm to glad. trying to prep you, get you ready for this. Uh, actually, just looking, kind of, uh, you know, you mentioned obviously last year you were there with with Mike and Sierra and Tyler. Uh, sort of looking at the dirty thirty uh, aspect of this here, uh, Dan. I mean, I'm only kind of seeing yourself and Nina going on here. Uh, what, what's what's happened to the dirty thirty? Where are they? Why aren't they coming here? This, I thought you guys all just stick together like glue all the time. <laughs> well, Mike has gone back to work. And uh, so he spent all his millions. Then so, he's he spent it all. <laughs> no, 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 no. He's been very wise about it. Okay. But um, and I told him, I'm like, Mike, there is no way you're you're not even 40 years old yet. There's no way this million dollars is going to last you. And um, and you know, so he's back in the oil fields doing his thing again, and that's the smart move for him. Mm-hmm. Um, Sierra is. On Survivor. <laughs> yeah. I mean, she's on Survivor, but it'll be, you know, if the season will be over by, or close to it. Have they announced that the week, finale week is? beforehand. Yeah, May 24. May yeah. 24, it's on. Yeah. I'm going to say, it's going to be close. Um, Tyler, he's just trying to return to normal life, trying to, you know, I mean, these, you know, there's no getting around it. These, these trips get expensive. Mm-hmm. You know, they add up. You know, you're paying for flights, you're taking time off of work. Um, there's only so much vacation time that I've got, and that means every time I go on one of these trips, that's time I don't get to spend with my wife. That's time that we don't get to do something for us. And last year, I ran around a lot, an awful lot. And uh, Bob Crowley actually gave me some really good advice, and he said, you know, people are going to pull you in every direction for these charity events, and really what you need to do is just find the event that you like and kind of stick with it. And, uh, so I've been, you know, I'm, I'm not, I'm not invited to give kids the world. I'm oh. not good enough. Wow. I'm not. Cool enough. Yeah. Okay. So I was, yeah, I was snubbed the first year. I was invited last year, but, uh, I couldn't get the time off from work. Um, you know, it's just, it is what it is. And I was not invited again this year. Wow. So you know, clearly I am not cool enough. 
to be invited to this thing. I'd invite you to my reality event, uh, Dan. You know, I don't know what I would do it for, raise funds to get, you know, Ben away, get, you know, pay for my, uh, I guess, restraining orders that all these women are taking out against me. I don't know. Uh, but, I mean... Yeah, legal fees. Yeah, yes. legal, legal fees. Legal yeah, more expensive here in Australia expense. with the exchange rate and all that kind of stuff. But, um, yeah, I mean, you know, you'll, you'll be up there. As I said, you're the star. You know, I mean, sure, I'm going to say that to every single person I get on this uh, series of interviews in the coming weeks. But you're the first. So <laughs> <laughs> that, that's kind of that's the top, right? That's because I take most amount of time. So, yeah. you know, that's... <laughs> I'm, I'm being strict with these. I'm keeping them under half an hour. So we're going to see if we actually we can work this out. But, it's, I mean, one th- in all seriousness, though, like, I mean, this is, I think, the great thing. And I've always said this in terms of interviewing any survivor contestant who obviously, you know, takes the time to go to these events because I guess, um, you know, survivor contestants, there's what, 500 of you now. It's kind of, it's not like, uh, you know, there's a, a shortage of you, but it's kind of, it's still great that these events are out there. They're obviously for great causes. You know, the fan community, it's not just survivor. Obviously, as we mentioned, we've got big brother people going to this. We've got, um, obviously, you know, amazing race and other reality shows, but it's great that these events can still be held on a yearly basis. There's so many of them too. It's, you know, outside of this, you talked about hearts of reality. There's obviously, you know, Dunham Warriors, a reality rally that we've been to, you know, you name them. There's, there's they're all there. So it's great that these exist and, you know, you guys can still continue to use your fame from this show and uh, continue to, you know, raise funds for good causes. You know, and it's anybody that, I mean, what kind of a person are you if you can't try to give back, you know? I mean, it's, you know, it's not, to me, I, I mean, people say that word celebrity and I'm like, no, that's that's crap. You know, we're, we're literally, we're just people. We are absolutely just people, you know, and if you can do something good with the, with your 15 minutes of fame, you know, what kind of a monster would you be not to, you know, and nothing against people that don't, but that's just my opinion. And, uh, you know, my 15 minutes are all but over, you know, especially once I get rid of the beard. Uh, <laughs> I still have people, I still have people saying things to me. It's still kind of strange. Um, I actually flew to Utah for Sierra's premiere. Ah. And uh, she had a premiere party out in Utah, and me, Mike, Tyler, uh, Tyler's wife, Jessica, Joe, Joe's family, myself, we all flew out to, we all flew out there. Aubrey Bracco invited me to her premiere party because she's just down in Massachusetts. And uh, so obviously I told her I got to support my girl, my blue collar girl. And, uh, and it was, it was really nice to, to all get together again, you know, and it, kind of felt like you know it might have been the last ride you know it's it's, it's i find it um i mean i guess one thing quickly we should say we're, we're sort of not talking a lot about this season right now because we are going to have you on in about a week's time to talk about this season so we'll get lots of thoughts there but um one thing i, I mean i this is sort of the 417th time I felt I've told this story on this show, but uh, I had the pleasure of meeting Sierra when I was in Utah at the end of last year. I was staying with Nalia and um, sort of woke up on a Sunday morning and uh, surprise, we've got a surprise breakfast guest for you here to meet Ben and lo and behold, walk into the kitchen, there's Sierra at the, the breakfast table. So I, you know, got the pleasure nice. to, to hang out with her and meet her too. So it's... Um, I love the fact, though, that you guys are still doing things like that, like literally flying to the other side of the country to kind of, you know, have a support her and sort of have that event because, um, you know, it's the Dirty 30 worlds apart. You know, you're, you're, you're renowned as, you know, pretty much the closest cast still to this day. So it's it's great that uh, you guys are doing that and can still obviously support each other after all these years. I mean, all these years, it's only been a couple, but hey, you know what I mean. <laughs> well, I got to tell you, Ben, I mean, it could be 10 years from now. And there's still going to be that core group 
that you know we're always gonna we're always gonna hang out we're always gonna stay in touch with each other we're always gonna you know it's find a way to get together and do things you know as rare as it may be the further in time that we go along but there's a connection there you know we shared this incredible experience and uh you, you you know, they actually, I I was really kind of impressed that they talked about it a little bit this season mm-hmm. um, during that horrific episode with uh, with Varner. Uh, they actually talked about it back at camp after they lost the reward challenge. And they were talking about how Survivor, it, it, it changes you. And people, you can't see that. You can't understand it unless you've been there and it is such an intangible thing and it is so difficult to describe it doesn't make you better or worse it doesn't alter who you are but it changes something inside of you Mm. you know even if you know even if you're a a 10-day player or a 35-day player you know or the winner of the game you know i mean francesca but she played the game for six total days in two seasons Mm -hmm. you know I mean, she's going to hold that record probably forever, as terrible as it may be, but she's got it, you know, and it's, you can't, you can't describe it. And it was, I liked the way that they handled that. That was kind of nice. And this is the thing that I guess I've, one thing I've always taken out from doing these interviews, it's kind of, yeah, exactly, kind of that special bond that you all have. And it's also, you know, interchangeable between seasons, you know, because obviously you've all shared this experience. And I always get a bit of a smile on my face, you know, when I'll say talk to sort of a lot of these old school contestants and they sort of will say that they're still friends with these people. Like I still remember one of the Tina Weston interviews I did and it's kind of like, oh, so do you still speak to Colby? She's like, yeah, we exchange emails every couple of weeks. I'm like, that just makes me smile. I'm like, you know, he's Colby and Tina, you know, iconic duo. I think even like, yeah, Roger Bingham mentioned he will occasionally talk to Elizabeth every now and then and you're like, this is amazing after all these years you know that they're still friends and they talk to so um as a survivor nerd you're a survivor nerd too that just that just makes us happy well and it's it it was great because when we when i went to sierra's premiere party nalia showed up along with cowboy rick ah right awesome i didn't get to meet rick that would have been amazing (laughs) oh got to hang out with rick for a little bit just and he and i just, just oh we just bonded instantly and um i don't i think it was oh corinne kaplan was there as well oh, nice. she just happened to be uh in utah at the time so she showed up that night and uh, i think it was tyler who grabbed me and said hey nali is here and i'm like you're kidding me <laughs> and i went over and i i just threw my arms around her i gave her a big hug and her husband's standing there and and I just kind of, you know, out of courtesy and respect as a married guy, I looked at him and said, dude, I'm really sorry. I just threw my arms around your wife. I should have checked first. And he looked at me and I had a buff around my neck. And he reaches over and he grabs the buff and he goes, this kind of gives you a little bit of latitude. And if you didn't have it on, I probably would have cracked you one. And I'm like, fair enough, dude. So he shook my hand. He gave me a hug. I bought him a beer and we were good. Chris is, so Chris is an was awesome dude. So- yeah, he shoved Super. me on a motorbike, Dan. He he literally, we rocked up to a supermarket and I was there with Nalia. We'd, we'd worked all night on her corn dog stand. So we, we kind of met up. Here comes Chrissy and he, he hands me a helmet. And I'm like, what's going on? He's like, get on. He's like, you're riding home with me. <laughs> it's like, you got no say in this. Come on, off your pop. First time I've ever been on a motorbike. And you're kidding me. Yeah, look at me, the rebellious Australian. I am no Chris Hemsworth, but uh, it was it was an experience. And it was snowing that night. It was Salt Lake City, so, you know. <laughs> right. 
So the first time on a motorcycle and you rode bitch. Yeah. Wow. I don't know if I tell people that. <laughs> I don't. I, I might keep that one to myself. Trying to get the sympathy dude. points here, Dan. Stop people getting uh, restraining orders <laughs> against me. You know, come on, I'm not that much of a monster. Dan, <laughs> it's always fun. We're gonna we're gonna ch- we're gonna chat in person. We're gonna do a, a video, an interview, whatever we can do when we're in Cincinnati. When we're not in bar fights and uh, playing volleyball and all that kind of stuff, we'll we'll pull you aside for a couple of minutes. I'm looking forward to hanging out with you again. And uh, yes, as I said, it's it's in June. We're gonna be linking every time we post one of these up to help donate funds. Dan's got a page. You can donate to his. You can donate to mine you can donate to everybody's but uh we appreciate actually, your time actually if i can throw if i can throw something out there please i do. also have i also have a auction for sale right now to do an interview with me on ah, skype right so so set, set four year, hours aside people if you're bidding on this <laughs> <laughs> well it's supposed to be a 20 minute uh video a 20 minute conversation last year the individual that won the auction donated very high he he bid quite high on it, so I said, "Sky's the limit." As long anything you want to talk about, uh, so if somebody out there from America or even Australia is looking for tips on how to get on the show, what to do, what not to do, I'm available for that. I will answer any question. You want questions about how to fix the brakes on your car? How about <laughs> rewiring the lights in your house? I can answer it all. Anything your parenting heart's tips. desire. Parenting tips when it comes to parenting Chinese food. <laughs> But if you go onto my Facebook page, uh, Tasha put a link up, and you'll find it out there. And I, you know, let's let's raise some money for a good cause. And we will. You know? we'll, we'll link that up on our page as well. That will go with this interview as well. So we'll, we'll make sure they're all on there. And uh, look, we always love you on here, Dan. And I should also mention you'll be on next week anyway, talking about survivance, what we do best. So uh, again, hope we uh, everybody's looking forward to a four hour recap next week. But Dan, it's always fun, mate. And uh, look forward I to this. <laughs> Continuing on our series of interviews in the lead-up for the Reality for Diabetes event in Cincinnati, Ohio in June, speaking to a variety of different uh, reality stars who are going to be attending this event. And look, I, I talked up our, our first guest, Dan Foley, saying that it you know it gets quite big. But I, I really think this isn't stretching the truth when I might say that this could be the, uh, the biggest star heading to Cincinnati for Reality for Diabetes. She is the only two-time winner, of course, of Survivor, winner of Season 7, Pearl Islands, winner of Season 20, Heroes vs. Villains, and most recently, back on Survivor, we've just seen her again on Season 34, Game Changers, where, despite the fact that, unfortunately, she didn't win the season, she still did a whole lot more to increase her already huge reputation, and we're going to talk to her a little bit about that throughout this, of course. I do speak of the Queen, the Queen of Survivor, Sandra Diaz-Twine. Sandra, welcome back to the Oz Network. Thank you for having me. It's always a pleasure. So with that introduction, does that mean that the queen stays queen in your heart? <laughs> of course, of course. It's um, <laughs> it's it's just, I, I have to say this straight away, because during sort of our recaps we've been doing for Game Changers, I, I seemingly went through the fact that it was impossible that you increased your reputation without even winning. Um, and I don't even know how that is possible. So I just want to say congratulations on a fantastic game. Uh, sadly that you didn't get it for the third win, but, um, you were a joy to watch, Sandra. It was absolutely fantastic to see you on this season. Thank you. I mean, from the beginning, I said, I'm going to come out swinging. Um, 
I knew I was a target. I knew they were going to come after me. I knew I could possibly be the first one voted out, but I was willing to take a chance. And my love for the game, um, I, I couldn't say no. So I was like, I'm just going to do the best I can. And I'm just going to try to survive, you know, day after day and take it day by day. And, you know, try to always be on the side of the numbers. And I did that pretty much um, for the first 13 or 14 whatever days. And the only thing I keep saying that screwed me over was, was um, the fact that in Game Changers, the game kept changing and I ended up running out of luck and I pulled the wrong buff. And that's the only reason that I got voted out. I I can't like I don't want to give the players credit because they took advantage of the situation, which is what they're supposed to do. But at the end of the day, had I not drawn the wrong buff, I could have still possibly been in the game. I honestly believe that. So it was just my luck ran out and I. I, I grabbed the wrong buff and I ended up on a tribe where, you know, on an island where only the chickens uh, weren't afraid of me. So that's what <laughs> happened there. Oh, definitely, definitely got a few questions to ask you about. I like that, though. The chickens weren't afraid of you. That that works out well. Um, obviously, just quickly, when it comes to this event in June uh, in Cincinnati, uh, raising funds for JDRF and obviously a great event, great lineup. We talked about that a little bit earlier in this episode with some of the people that are going there. But, I mean, this, this is kind of obviously a good, I guess you could say, side effect, really, from your time on Survivor, isn't it, Sandra, that you get to attend events like this, you get to hang out with the fans, you get to raise money, and... You know, I mean, there's plenty of these events out there, but I guess kind of as such a Survivor fan yourself, it's, it's you know, all these positives and benefits that come with being the queen of Survivor that you get to, you know, hang out with fans and survivors while raising money at the same time. Exactly. It's always wonderful to even be invited and ask you know, to please, um, you know, give of your time. And if you can do it, do it. And there are a lot of events out there. Um, but there's a lot that are, that are really close to home when it comes to what the survivors do. Like a lot of survivors always do the, um, reality for diabetes and which is the event we're talking about, but it's great that we can help in a very little way, you know, because I don't think of myself as, like a star or, or someone big that would even draw people to come out there and come hang out with us and come see us. But, you know, we, we just have this responsibility to try to do just to make the world a little bit better. And if that's all we have to do is give up, you know, a little bit of our time and a couple of days here and there and fly off to another um, state and do something positive, then why not? And it's, it's fascinating to think about how you, you don't think of yourself as a star and that, but I'm telling you now, from when I looked at the lineup and I saw that you were on this list, and I mean, this is even sort of adding to the fact that I'm planning on attending the finale anyway with a chance to possibly get to meet you there. It's kind of, I need to go to this event. You know, I'm looking at yourself. I'm looking at people like Jerry Manthe, Jenna Lewis. You know, I'm seeing these big names on this list and I'm thinking, look, I've spoken to these guys before, but I've never had the chance to just sort of, you know, shake their hand, hang out with them. So you're helping draw me to this event, Sandra. I'm sure there's plenty of other people who are also seeing Sandra's there, Queen's there. I'm going to Ohio. Oh, my God. For real. That's <laughs> that's really nice to hear that you would come. Well, but you're not coming all the way from Australia just to come to to the events, right? Or is that's the reason you're coming? Well, well, it was sort of it was tied around it. But I will say kind of at least with the finale, I, I pretty much worked my plans around the finale because as soon as I sort of thought, oh, look, I'll, I'll head back over for a, for a few months. I'm like, look. 
this is a dream to try and go to a finale of Survivor. What better season to do it than an all-star season, you know, game changers with, you know, some big names on it. So that was kind of my my foundation. And then it sort of all fell into place with, with reality for diabetes. But I should have just actually said, yes, Sandra, that is the reason I'm coming over. <laughs> but see, now you're making my head bigger than it already <laughs> is. But that's wonderful. See, that's the good thing that, that we can get all these people together and then have fans come you know, from far away. I mean, you're probably going to be from uh, traveling the longest distance. Like you should get an award just for traveling so many miles. Um, <laughs> they should recognize you for that. But the fact that we can bring to- together people from everywhere to come out to these events, hang out with us and raise money for a good cause. Like it's just all a blessing. Everything is just such a blessing. Um, We couldn't ask for more, really. And how is it when you're hanging out with your fellow contestants? Because obviously not just Survivor contestants, but I mean, it's predominantly Survivor contestants for this event. And there's obviously Amazing Race, Big Brother. But I mean, do you, you get in these groups of people and, and generally I, I feel there's a vibe always of we might play together again one day. And I would assume even with this Game Changers cast that you would have hung out with a lot of these people at charity events. They would have spoken to you over the years. Are you still in game mode, even though you're having a good time and raising money? Is there still that thing in the back of your mind thinking, I could be playing with Jerry Manthe again one day. I could I could be playing again with Jenna Lewis one day. I think you do take that into consideration. But at the end of the day, I try to talk to everyone and get to know everyone and there's so many people that I haven't met in the survivor world although I've won two times you know there's winners I still haven't met to this day um so you know with Jerry like I haven't seen Jerry in a while so this is wonderful that me and Jerry will get to be together um at an event and just chat it up and see how she's been doing um it's been months since we actually text each other um and there's going to be survivors that I've never met before that I'll get an opportunity to meet here at this event. So, I mean, we love to just talk about, you know, back in the day, we love to always talk about our own survivor seasons and um, and then, you know, what the future holds for all of us. But for the most part, I get along with everyone. So I, I well, with mostly everyone. So I try <laughs> to chat it up and just, you know, because I don't go to a lot of events. I don't feel like I do. I just do two or three a year. Um, so when I'm out there, you know, I want to have a good time with my fellow survivor, my family, my survivor family. And then I also want to include the fans and everyone that's out there to come and see this. We, we want everyone to have a good time and know that, you know, we're approachable. We're regular people. We put our pants on one leg at a time, just like anybody else. You know, don't be nervous. Don't be shy. Come up to us. Talk to us. You know, we'll sign what you want us to sign and we'll take pictures with you. It's not a big deal. And this is the queen of Survivor people saying this, you know, so you know it's true. It's it's kind of, this is the, the top level of Survivor contestant. I'm just helping you get that big head there, Sandra. But, I mean, I, I think it, oh uh, when you're talking about kind of, obviously, yeah, like you haven't met all the winners, you haven't, you know, necessarily met all these contestants who are going to the event. But it's sort of on the flip side, everybody knows who you are. So it's almost like it's this weird thing, isn't it, where you're wanting to meet them just because, like, hey, cool, we're on Survivor, I've never met you, awesome. And they've almost got this thing of, like, wow, it's Sandra the Queen. I mean, does it get a bit strange in a way that you're like, oh, I really want to meet them. But at the same time, they're like looking at you like, wow, here is Sandra Diaz-Twine. 
Yeah, and, and the crazy thing about that is that a lot of times they do know who I am and they think I don't know who they are. So that's why I make it a point to always say hello first, especially to the new cast members that might be shy, might be scared or be like, you don't know who I am, but I know who you are. No, I know who you are. You know, even if sometimes I don't remember the names because I've made the mistake of calling people by the wrong names. <laughs> so I try to always look at the, for example, this is real talk. I look at the flyer to see who's there and try to make sure I don't screw these names up because I've been I've done it a couple of times and you don't want to do that. I, I feel bad when I do it and they never forget that I did it. Um, but, you know, I, I always try to say hello first and make them feel welcomed into the survivor family and let them know, hey, we enjoyed your season or a specific thing about uh something they might have done in the game to let them know, hey, we saw you, we were paying attention, we know who you are, and, and welcome to the family. And then that's how you build these relationships with all these survivors. And that's what I try to do, really. I just try to get to know everyone. And, she, and give them my phone number, hey, call me, text me, or don't even call me first, text me. We'll start texting, we'll ease on into it. And then, you know, before you know it, we'll be good friends. I found it, uh, I went to Reality Rally last year, and there were a couple of um, Survivor contestants where I didn't actually recognize them. Like, I knew they were going to be there, but I guess kind of in person, they're all done up and, you know, sort of looking all, you know, nice and everything like that. And I sort of, I took me a double tag. I think it was um, Trish Hegarty from Kagayan, where she sort of literally stood right in front of me. And I'm kind of just like, oh, yeah. And then I'm kind of like, oh, that's Trish. Like, it just kind of, it took me like a few seconds to realize who it was. So, um, I guess that's my problem. I'm just like, oh, hang on a minute. I don't well, recognize you. Well, you won't make you. that mistake with me because no. I, I don't wear too much makeup. So, everyone always knows which one I am. You know, it's, you, you get me just as, you know, maybe a little bit of mascara, a little bit of lip gloss. Um, But you... It, and that's the crazy thing, like the dirtier, like if I'm doing yard work and then I run to the store real quick for something <laughs> and people see me, they're like, oh, my God, it's Sandra. And I'm like, yeah, especially when I look the worst. <laughs> that's when they're like, they really notice me. Um, but, yeah, you'll know who I am. I think you'll, so. you'll find me. But I get what you're saying. Like, it, it's happened to me. It's happened to me. Like, I'm like, who is that? Why are they? Why is that person giving out autographs? Who is that? And uh, and then they'll be like, that's such and such. I'm like, damn, I didn't, you know, that's that's what happens. I usually just speak because I generally feel that people don't know what I look like. But as soon as I kind of speak and they hear the accent, they're like, oh, you're that guy who interviewed me. Or, oh, that was terrible. I don't want to talk to you. But um, <laughs> just generally so how I, I roll. Don't know. Well, why don't you just wear a T-shirt or something? Then we'll all, all know. I'll wear Survivor a kangaroo. Oz, I'll come dressed as a kangaroo. Will that work? Work? Will people recognize me? There? No, no, I, it'll be too hot for you to be dressed up as a kangaroo. <laughs> yes, I'm going to realize I'm coming over in summer, aren't I? I mean, it's, it's going to be winter. I'm leaving Australia to come over for summer. It's usually the opposite. I'm usually leaving summer in Australia to go to winter in America. So this is a first for me. So um, yeah, I've got to, I've got to pack. What, what is the weather like in Cincinnati that time of year? Is it, is it quite warm? Um, I believe it's warm. What I do is I just go to my iPhone and I plug in the city uh, in the weather thing, and then I know how to dress accordingly. That's what go. I do. Easy. We're not. Why I'm asking you about weather? We're not here to talk about weather, Sandra. Come on, we're here to talk about events and and Survivor and everything else in between. I mean, it's it's interesting. I guess kind of obviously, game changes is still going. Uh, you know, we're we're only a few weeks away from the uh, the end of it, and it's it's been a fascinating season. It's been such an enjoyable season to watch and 
I mean, as as a fan yourself, because we've got to obviously point out that, you know, you may have won this game twice, but you still are a very big fan of Survivor. Are you enjoying this from a fan perspective? I mean, I'm, I'm no doubting that you sort of know how this pans out, and please don't spoil it for our listeners, but you must still be enjoying at least watching this, even though you're no longer in the game. I love watching it. And I keep telling a lot of people say, oh, my God, Sandra, ever since you vo- you got voted off, I don't want to watch anymore. I'm like, what? what are you saying? The best is yet to come. Like, and even if I do know a little bit here and there, I'm only hearing it from one person's perspective. That's not necessarily what they're going to show on TV. You know, like, for example, everyone talking about me and being so afraid of me. I didn't get that from being out there with the, with the five that voted me out. You know, I thought I was in for the long haul and here I am looking at the TV and watching how afraid of me they are and how they're willing to throw a challenge just to get rid of me. Like it was crazy. So I'm actually enjoying it. Um, I think it's going to be, I hope it's going to be the number one season. Like Pearl Islands used to be number one until Heroes and Villains, and that became number one. And now I'm I'm hoping Game Changers is going to be number one. Even though a lot of the big characters went out early, I still believe and, and I know that these guys are still going to bring it and it's still going to be good. And I don't think anyone should stop watching it. And, and sometimes you have to watch it two and three times just so that you won't miss everything because it, it goes by really, really quick. But it's going to be an awesome season. And I hope it, it just jumps to number one. Just touching on your game again, I mean, one thing that we talked a lot about was the fact that, you know, pre-game, you all got asked the question of, you know, who's who's your biggest threat or who who will be the biggest target. And it was generally you and Tony were the answers across that board. You basically went to, I think, everyone but one or two tribal councils when you were in, in the show. And yet it took as long as it did to get you out. Every time you left tribal council, now I, I kind of I feel the answer you're going to give me here, Sandra, but were you at least some part shocked that you weren't voted out every time you ended up going back to camp that night? Because every week we're like, going, how is she still there? This is brilliant. <laughs> there was always a, there's always a possibility that I could go home. But with the people I was with, I always knew that there were like I always say, there's always bigger fish to fry. They can always get me later. If you want to go to the end, why not go to the end with the queen? Let me help you get to day 39 because it's what I know how to do. So pretty much I had everything on lock until I ended up with Sarah and Ozzy and Seek and Andrea and Ty. They weren't having none of it. And, and Zeke said it best. He's like, that's what Sandra does. You know, she, they always say we can get her later and we can get her later. And then next thing you know, it's day 39 and she wins the whole thing. So, um, they didn't let me get my foot in the door. They didn't. And, and I knew I was going to have issues because the first thing Sarah told me was, wow, I can't believe you've been to so many tribal councils and you're still here. And right there, a light bulb went off and I said, she's after me. Mm. She's coming to get there's no way around it. Like, I totally get exactly what you're telling me. Pack my shells because I'm going home. <laughs> but, um, but yeah. So, anyway, I go to all these tribal councils. But I was, at the beginning, I was always safe. I was always with the numbers. That's what I always do. I try to make sure that I'm with the numbers. And I was successful until my luck ran out. And it, it looked like you had fun. I think... That was one thing that I really took out of it because it, it, it seemed like you were still playing the same game, but you also went out there with kind of a different mindset to, 
to be a bit more forward, to be a bit more cocky, you know, to be a bit more outwardly sort of aggressive. And it, and it worked for you. That was, I think, the beauty of kind of your, your game this season, hence why I was saying, like, you, in, you increased your reputation. I mean, was there an element of you just having fun out there because there was this, I guess, feeling that you are such a target given you are a two-time winner coming into this season? See, I never consider playing Survivor as fun. I I never have. And then the issue, the problem was that people like Tony and Malcolm and JT were gone. So where can I hide? I can't. And then, you know, I'm aligned with Jeff Varner and Michaela, you know, and they're asking me for my opinion, you know, and my experience. So I can't hide behind anyone. There's no one left that I can... You know, not that I'm writing coattails. I don't ever, I've never felt like I wrote coattails because I've, a lot of times I've felt like I've been on the outs and I've been on my own. But I just had to, there was nowhere to hide. There was simply nowhere to hide. And every time something went down, I had to, you know, say what I had to say, make peace with it, and hope that everyone was still on board. And I felt confident and I felt good with who I was aligned with, you know, and. At the end, I spent like an hour talking to Ozzy saying, listen, Ozzy, you know, this is your fourth time playing. A fifth time is not promised. And I think the fans would love to see you come out on top and be and come out of winners and join the Millionaires Club. And I can help you get there. But I'm just one person and I need you to help me get to where I need to get. And then when the merge comes and it's every man for himself. And you're out there and everyone loves you now. Every, you know, you guys are winning the challenges because of you. You're, you're definitely a strong player, physical player. They love you now. But when it's every man for themselves, they're going to come after you. And I want to be part of Team Ozzy. And what that meant was that I would vote any way he wanted me to. No questions asked. No arguments. Just tell me who to vote for. I'll do what you say. And at the end of the day, you have to make sure that that third person you bring to the final three is someone you can beat. You know, you'd be responsible for that. But I'll protect you. You need me. And he took me up on that offer until we got to tribal council. And so he played me. But at the end of the day, I feel like I offered something to him that he just didn't understand how important it was or how how much he really needed me because Ty's true colors came out at that tribal council. And then you saw Ty turn on him in the future. You know, a lot of the, the, the people he was protecting ended up turning on him. Hmm. So, and, and Ty but, nearly but, saved you. I felt at that tribal council as well, because he really put his foot in his, his mouth and kind of the way he was talking about it. And then he, he then he led too much out. Kind of, I kind of felt there were two weeks in a row there. That your tribal council and then what happened a week later with Varna, that kind of Aussie was saved because of other people's stupidity, almost. So it, it just it was if Ty hadn't have said as much as he said in that tribal council, do you feel you would have been saved? No, I don't think I was ever going to be safe because they were always targeting me from the beginning. Um, people ask me why, being that Ty is such a paranoid player, why did you never approach Ty and let him know that they had told you and Varner to vote him out? Maybe things would have been different. Um, but it was just my mentality in the game of not wanting to play with the Quran 4 because they were my targets. They had to go. 
So I never wanted to make an alliance with Ty, and I never wanted one with Aubrey or Caleb or Debbie. Um, so the fact, for me, I felt like the fact that Ty even said Ozzy's name, I was like, Ozzy, this is what I told you about earlier on today. Like, they love you, but you are a threat to them. And if they don't get you out now, they're going to get you out later. But you won't make it to the end if you don't have someone on your side that's going to be 100% loyal to Ozzy. You know, that's what I felt like I was trying to get across to him. Like, you need me. You just don't know how valuable I am and how valuable I can be for you. You know, because I still had my people. I still had Haley was still in the game. Michaela was still in the game. Varner was still in the game. Troyzan was still in the game. Culpepper was still in the game. I still had people. You know, I just didn't have the right people at that right time, meaning Andrea, Sarah, Ty, and Zeke. So if he would have protected me, I just needed him to protect me temporarily, and then I would return the favor. And I, I would have returned the favor. I would have. I just needed to be make it to the merge and get back with my numbers, Yeah, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. And as you said, it sort of comes down to that that luck of uh, the, the drawing the buff. And was particularly, as you mentioned too, you know, a season game changes are going to change the game a lot. Um, you know, let, let's go all the way back to uh, obviously Pearl Islands when, you know, I mean, we had a little bit of a game changing move with the outcast twists clearly, but um, you know, even you look at a heroes versus villains season. I mean, I think a lot of people seem to forget on heroes versus villains. There was no tribe switch, you know, that kind of, it was just heroes versus villains merge. Then that's how it was. And, off the top of my head, that might be the last season we've had without a tribe switch. So you hadn't really, I guess, experienced tribe switches before, particularly on this level, you know, when you've got uh, multiple tribe switches. But again, I guess that's all part of this, as you said, changing of the game because it's game changers. Yeah, exactly. It was like every every hour the game was changing and that was the whole thing, game changers. Um, And that's why you have to understand Survivor is a lot of times a game of luck like some people are like no you know i don't need luck or luck doesn't have anything to do with it i'll tell you what had jeff maybe brought us the the tray of buffs first and maybe i would have pulled exile island or or pulled the buff i wanted which was the mana then the game would have been totally different you know or even if if jt would have stuck to what we had said and sierra had gone home instead of malcolm the game would have been different. We would have made the merge, you know, because then we would have had Malcolm and JT compete in the next immunity challenge against Culpepper and possibly Ty or Debbie or Haley. Like, we might not have won first place, but I don't think we would have lost not having Malcolm and JT. So, luck has so much to do with playing Survivor. Like, eh, eh, and so you can't control every single thing about the game. Hmm. And that's the beauty. That's why we, we love this show. It's It just it works out so well with that. One, one thing that I, I loved in, I think it was the first episode before, obviously Tony ultimately went got, went out, was just that prospect that you two could be working together. Like, you know, that sort of alliance was touched on, obviously, before it ultimately fell through. Do you think that if that had different things that happened and that had worked out, do you think you could have maintained that with Tony right to the end? Because that would have just been amazing to see you two work together from that early point right through to the end. That would have been a final tribal council that I would have relished. You know what? Not only did I want to work with Tony, but I wanted to work with JT. So, and I have to say that although 
it, it shows me going after Tony before the immunity challenge. I never threw out Tony's name or even went after Tony until we lost the challenge and Tony came after me. So, and, and even when we were, we took our jury trip to Vietnam, Tony and JT, they knew it. I never, ever came after them first. They're the ones that came after me. And then I had to go ahead and retaliate, you know, but it wasn't until we lost that snake challenge that I went after Tony because Tony was coming after me. I would have loved to work with Tony. Tony knows it. Um, I would have loved to work with JT. He knows it now. Um, but it was just when people come after me and I find out about it, then there's no going back. It's going to be either you or it's going to be me. And hopefully it'll be you and I'm still in the game. One thing that I know was sort of discussed at one point in one of our episodes, it was raised that what a, a big thing that worked for you in your first two seasons is that you you had like a big rival. You had somebody who you were very against. You know, you had Fair Play in, in Pearl Islands and obviously Russell in Heroes vs. Villains. D- did you feel that that was something that was, I guess, could have helped you a third time around? That kind of if you've got that real person you're against for a long period of time, that really helps you get people against that other person so they're not coming after you? That was Aubrey. Aubrey, Aubrey okay. was the person I wanted. I wanted Aubrey out from day one, and it was like when I went after Tony, Aubrey was his right hand man, you know, his woman. And when I went after JT, the same thing. Aubrey was on the outs. It was like Aubrey was always. And then come to find out, I thought Malcolm was my number one guy. I thought Malcolm was my Krista and my Courtney. Come to find out, Aubrey was his his number uh. one. <laughs> I was just the side chick, not the sidekick, but the side chick. And I'm no one's side chick. And I'm like, oh, my God, Malcolm, I was 1,000% loyal to you. And here, come to find out, his loyalties laid with Aubrey. And it was like, I wanted Aubrey. And that's something I'm going to change if I ever play again. I'm not going to, like, go after someone because it never pans out for me. Anyone that I want out never goes out. <laughs> I'm just going to stop that altogether. Like, I'm not going to do it anymore. <laughs> it's actually interesting you mentioned that with Aubrey because I guess kind of it's something that the edit doesn't really show too much, is it? I mean, I guess kind of if you compare Aubrey to Johnny Fairplay and Russell, kind of not in the same league of villainous there, are they? So I kind of understand maybe why we don't quite get that on screen as much. It wasn't, it, it, yeah, it wasn't even that she was a villain because she's not. It was just that she had the potential to win. She almost won. She has what it takes to get to the end and take it home. She's such a strategic threat. She always bounces back. Like Aubrey has everything. She has the makings of a winner. And I was threatened by her. And therefore I was like, and then it was again, the Quran four. She had, they might've not been her allies. Um, after the fact, you know, we always find out that they're not, or it's not what you think it is. But to us, it, it was perceived that these four they have something in common. They'll stick together. You know, it's what they know. So all around, it was like, Aubrey's got to go. Aubrey's got to go. Aubrey's got to go. That was just, you know, but it just, again, never happened because we had always bigger fish to fry. Well, I don't necessarily want to end this completely on a negative note, but one thing I obviously just want to quickly touch on is, <clears throat> you know, events happen after a week after you got voted out. I mean, not touching on kind of just the scenario and everything that happened with Varner and Zeke, but have you at least sort of spoken a lot to, to Varner and Zeke, I guess, after all of this and, and kind of, I guess, have you reached out to say Varner? Because, you know, clearly, uh, you know, Varner's still getting a bit of backlash. 
and uh, obviously, you know, stuff that's happened. But, I mean, have you ever really spoke to him? How, how is Varna going, I guess, after all of this? Um, Varner's doing fine. Um, it's, it's mixed because he has hate, but he has love. Um, I reached out to both Varner and, and Zeke, you know, saying the same thing. I didn't say nothing, not one thing more to one than I did the other. But at the end of the day, I'm tired. I'm tighter with Jeff Varner. Um, you guys are from the same state, are you not? You're not that far from each other, I believe. No, we're, we're not that far from each other, but I'm in Georgia because my husband's stationed here. Right. So um, I was in North Carolina. As a matter of fact, yesterday, traveling from North Carolina to Georgia was a four hour drive. And because I was talking to Jeff Varner on the phone, I ended up missing uh, passing the rest stop where I stopped to use the bathroom every time, (laughs) you know, because I drink a lot of coffee. And then I didn't have enough time to get over, you know. So then I ended up having to go to a McDonald's and I there was a long line and I order my food after I used the bathroom. And I order my food, and the guy behind me, I turn around, and the first thing he says is, oh, my God, it's the queen. (laughs) He hadn't even looked at me, but just listening to my voice and me ordering my food, he knew who I was. Wow. Like, I had nothing to give it away, no buff, nothing. And so we took a picture, but anyway, I was talking to Jeff. But, yes, I'm tighter with Jeff than I am with Zeke, but I have love for both of them. You know what I'm saying? Um, But at the end of the day, Varner's my boy. You know, and, um, you know, I didn't know anything about Zeke, had no idea. Um, I don't know. I just never had, um, someone like Zeke in my life, you know, and when I say that, I mean, transgender, I've never met anyone, but Zeke is still Zeke, you know, um, I love Zeke for Zeke. And I really don't have too much to say about it. I think it's already dying down. Yeah, yeah I agree. And, you know. Yeah, it's just, it just kind of... I've, I've noticed, I noticed Varna did post something the other day on Facebook, sort of just touching on it. But, um, yeah, just wanted to, to see how he's going. And, and, obviously, yeah, I agree with you. I think it's kind of... It's done its course now. And I'm sure they'll bring it up in the reunion in a couple of weeks. But... Um, We'll no doubt uh, cross that bridge. Sandra, it is always a pleasure. Always, always a pleasure. We could sit here for hours and talk about it, and we will get you on again some point in the future to maybe go more in-depth about your game. But, of course, as I said, uh, I'm going to be at the finale. I'm going to be at this event. We can chat there. We can hang out. We can just... Just have some fun, and I'm really looking forward to it. And we're going to put all the links for all your, of course, uh, r- pages to raise money for JDRF on our website so people can donate to you as well and donate to the cause. But uh, this is going to be fun. It's going to be a fun couple of weeks, and uh, I can actually say these words that I get to hang out with the Queen, Sandra Diaz-Twine, more so than just sitting here on Skype chatting to you. It's always a pleasure. Remind me that I owe you a drink. Okay. okay. All right. And I'll bring you some Tim Tams. I'll make sure I bring you some Tim Tams. Pure Queen Tim right, Tams. Yeah. <laughs> but but, but I'm, just one. Because one, one, one case, one little one package because I, I'm, I'm trying to lose weight. <laughs> I, you know, everyone's like, oh, my God, Sandra's gotten fatter. She's gotten older. <laughs> they hurt my feelings. I, I'm a person. I have a heart. I have feelings. You know, yeah, you know, the years are getting to me. <laughs> I played the first time at 29. Now I'm 42. So. But yeah, I will see you in LA. We'll have a good time. I'll I'll I owe you a drink. You're gonna see the whole LA crew. Everyone's gonna come out, and uh, you're gonna have a good time. So um, get ready. I'm Make ready. sure you don't you have space on your camera for all the pictures you're gonna take. 
continuing on our series of chats with reality stars going to Cincinnati, Ohio in June for the Reality for Diabetes event. Very exciting times. I am thrilled to say that I'm obviously attending to be able to hang out with these guys. But uh, one of the people who is attending the event, super excited for him to be going to this because a lot of people would know from listening to Survivor Oz that uh, I am a huge fan of Season 2 of the Australian Outback and not just because I'm Australian. Obviously, I've got a little bit of a connection to it there, but it is a fantastic <laughs> season. And one person from that season who will be attending is the one, the only, Mr. Mitchell Olsen, and he's joining us on the line now. Mitchell, first of all, welcome back to the show, mate. It's, uh, it's good to speak to you again. Thank you, Ben. Yes, it's good to speak to you. I'm so excited you're coming to this event. Mm, I just, I was just saying to you off air about how it's, it's strange to think about now all the contestants I've, I've had the pleasure of meeting and how I've not yet met anybody from the Australian Outback. And it's just... How is that possible? I don't I mean- <laughs> know. It's, it's kind of... I look at sort of the people I've met and I've sort of... It's not like I've just met, say, the recent guys. I, I have met you know, a lot of sort of people from your era. Like, I had the pleasure of being able to, you know, stay with T-Bird. I'll be staying with T-Bird again when I'm in America. And oh, also right. Gretchen, who I believe mm-hmm. you're still quite good friends with too when I was in um, oh, Tennessee. Love. So, oh, yeah. I don't know where the Australian Outback people have been. They're just, um, they're off, they're about. You, you, guys are the, you guys are the most famous out of all the Survivor contestants. Mitchell, come on, we know that. You guys don't need me coming to meet well, you. <laughs> I, I, you know, the, the, um, you were able to see all the other seasons on things like Netflix and other stuff like that. And they really held on to the Australian Outback version of it for a long, long time. And I, and I do think it was because it, it, it was definitely the most watched season. And that is something that CBS, um, um, kind of bragged up. But it, it's, um, it's a fun season and great people that I still love and keep in touch with. And I love that. That um, that you keep in touch with, like Gretchen from season one. Mm-hmm. She's amazing. That was um, that was a today. lot of fun. That was all kind of circumstantial how that happened too. So I had a lot of fun with Gretchen. She she's an amazing woman. We had a great day out in Nashville. She took me to the Country Music Hall of Fame. We uh, went and had some chicken oh, at wow. uh, I can't remember the name of the restaurant now, but um, yeah, a lot of fun with Gretchen. She's great. Um, I, I was going to say, you're, you're always welcome to come to South Dakota. We, we have a room for you. You can always stay with us. <laughs> There's great things here. We've got Mount Rushmore. We've got all kinds of stuff here. Crazy horse, stuff like that. I am, I am there. Uh, trip number five, whenever that be. I mean, look, you know, I keep saying every time I come over there, <laughs> next time I'll be moving over here and it sort of hasn't happened yet. But, um, hey, look, you know, I, as I said to your fair, South Dakota's one that hasn't been on the list yet in terms of visiting or at least been to. So, uh, it's like Pokemon. I'm collecting all the, uh, the US state's got to catch them all mitchell so yeah, exactly. um, <laughs> I'll, I'll have to be there soon well um it's funny you mentioned season one i was on the phone today joel kluke from season one called me today and we we talked for about an hour um he's also going to be there and i'm telling you that guy he's hilarious he's amazing he's great you're gonna love meeting him and he and he's bringing his um his girlfriend um, along with them, and she's also fantastic. So you're going to love meeting them. I, I was just about to say when you he's bringing his girlfriend, I'm like, oh, so he's not like going to bring Jervis, kind of just as sort of the plus one still. I thought those guys were still attached to the hip after all these years. <laughs> you know, it's funny because Jervis did come to this a couple of years ago, right. and, and I didn't know if he was going to sign up for this one, and I don't think he has or has yet anyway. But like he, you know, he has been to it a few times. I'm looking at the website right now, and I see this is interesting. It says, meet over two dozen reality stars, as well as the voice of young Anna mm. from Frozen. Yeah. 
I mean, that kind of fits in with all you guys. That was uh, um, certainly a, a bonus, isn't it? Like, it's kind of like everybody from reality shows, and all of a sudden, here's young Anya from, from Frozen. Of course, that I certainly would have uh, think that would be at the same event. I'm <laughs> I gotta say, being a fan of Frozen, I'm like, oh, okay, that that made me a bit more excited. All of a sudden, you're starstruck. You're like, wow, I can't wait to meet these people. It's like you're one of the people people are going there to meet, but it's like, oh no, stuff, stuff, people meeting me. I'm meeting the girl from Frozen. Right, <laughs> exactly. I'm telling you, Tasha, she puts on such a great event, and you know, I've been going to it for quite a few years, even back like when I first got off Survivor, which was, you know, over, what, 16, 17 years ago, she was doing events, and and I was one of the first ones to attend, and I emceed and helped her, you know, with with her event, and, and now it's funny that there's this many years later, and she's still doing them, and they're still very successful, and she has it really organized, and there's all kinds of fun things that we get to do from from um you know laser tag and we we did like um one of those lock lock up rooms where you get locked up in a room and you got to figure out how to get out of it um but they do all kinds of really cool things um you know roller coaster parks and stuff like that to keep us to keep us entertained but also to keep the fans moving around and um and doing fun things with us so it's, it's really a fantastic event that she puts on and, and and i mean sort of the event you're saying there i caught sort of obviously signed up to a bunch of them and there's i think like beach volleyball or something along those lines too i've got some vip dinner as well right there's, it's all on the ticket there i mean it kind of it definitely sounds like a full-on weekend that obviously a lot of people as you were saying get to hang out with you guys and kind of really just uh, have some fun along the way it is, it is, and she goes to great lengths to pick a variety of locations. I know that we're this year we're doing race go-karts and, and um, the laser tag thing, and, and typically we do like a, um, a, you know, theme park with roller coaster rides. Um, she has a dinner with an auction. There's um, a bowling night that we tend to start off with. So, like, it's, it's, a, it's a big, um, you know, variety of different things, but uh, it's, it's so much fun, and it's fun to be with each other and to and to reconnect with one another at the same time. And, I mean, looking at the lineup, which is, uh, you know, sort of saying about how it's reality stars, but let's be honest here, Mitchell, it's like 75% Survivor contestants. <laughs> um, sort of, you know, we've got a few <laughs> big brothers, a couple of amazing racers, you know, we've got Solitary in there, Redneck Island, yep. just for fun, the girl from Frozen, as we've already gone on. But even sort of looking at uh, the Survivor contestants, I mean, probably even a quarter of these contestants almost, you, you're all sort of from the first at least five seven seasons if you sort of obviously sandra's original season so it's kind of it's got that real old school vibe you, you mentioned joel yourself of course jerry roger from your season jenna lewis is going to be there i mean that's incredible that's one of definitely the selling points for me i've never i have never interviewed jenna i've never sort of i've exchanged messages here and there with her on facebook so this is kind of really going to be my sort of real first interaction with her and then also ken stafford from thailand i'm a huge thailand fan so it's sort of it's so amazing that this you guys sort of all the old school guys are going it's great right i'm so excited that ken stafford's going to be there because i haven't seen him since we did a bowling event together in philadelphia a few years back and so i'm really excited to see him and um and yes you're right it is a bunch of the old schoolers and i think a big part of that is because of of myself and joel and a few others where you know when tasha starts getting ready to announce her lineup she comes to us and says who else can we get and we kind of contact our friends from our seasons or the seasons before us or after us, and we kind of um, know them. You know, like early on, you know, once Survivor got to like season four, 
all four seasons would do tons of events together, and we all got to know each other so well. And then season five comes along, season six. But pretty soon you get to, like, season 10 and 11, and it starts to get to be too many people, and it's too spread out. So we didn't get to know all those seasons as well. So um, we really have a great connection with some of those, you know, seasons one through five. And so when it comes to events like this, we're like, let's call each other. And I know I called, um, you know, is it Nalia? Yeah, yeah, Nalia, yep, yep. Nalia, yeah. And she said that she has something that she can't make it because of that weekend. And I know I talked to T-Bird and and Tina and a few others who who can't make it so far. But, like, I mean, there's been a really great amount of people, like you said, Jerry and Jenna, who are who are coming along, and I'm so excited for that. Look, you have no idea how excited I am to hang out with all you guys, but look, I just I really do have to single Jerry out here because I I have to say she probably was the real selling point for me here, Mitchell. It was kind of like okay, Jerry Manthe's going, I'm going to this event. Uh, you know, again, pleasure of interviewing her a couple of times. Just such a huge, huge, huge Jerry fan. And I just couldn't pass this opportunity up. I'm like, when am I going to get the opportunity to, even if it's for five minutes, say, hello, Jerry, how are you? And get a photo and just, like, I don't get starstruck pretty much anymore, Mitchell, but I, I kind of feel I'm going to be that way when uh, I walk into a room and I see Jerry Manning You will there. be. <laughs> <laughs> I don't blame you. I don't blame you. She's fantastic. I, I love her. And I've kept up with her through the years. She's one of the one of the. One of the few, I should say. I get well. I mean, I I feel like I keep up with most of the people from my season, but some of them are hard to keep up with. Like Elizabeth Hasselback, I I talk to her, but not very often. And you know, as you probably heard, Mike Scoopin is in a bit of trouble, so yes. I don't talk to him. And um, so yeah, there's. I mean, I but Tina and um, and Jerry for sure are two on the top of the list. Roger, I can't get enough of Roger. So, I, yeah, I keep up with a few of them. The one, Actually, now that you're sort of mentioning this, the, the two that I would love to kind of know how sort of your interactions have gone with over the years, I'm thinking Keith and I'm thinking Nick. How, how do those interactions work out over the years? Between each other or between me? Oh, look, between all of you guys. Like, between, I guess, yourself and, I mean, really I'll rephrase that and say when was the last time you, I guess, spoke to, to Nick or Keith? Okay, um, that's an easy question to answer because... Keith reaches out to me, I would say, on a monthly basis. Oh, wow. He, um, yeah, he actually is doing some great things in Michigan. He's, he's creating all these documentaries that are winning all kinds of Emmys. And, um, and so he invites me to them. He encourages me to share them on, on my social media. And um, since I'm kind of working in some film areas, you know, I'll even contact him for advice. So we are kind of in contact quite a bit, which is interesting considering on the show we weren't really that tight. Yeah. <laughs> um, Nick, on the other hand, <laughs> Nick was one of those guys who totally fell off the face of the earth. And um, and all of a sudden, about maybe two years ago, I started I started a big group text message. And I, I kind of was like, listen, let's all try to do a reunion of, of all of us together and um, I've lost some of these numbers, and let's, can we work together to try to find them? And eventually, Nick was added to the group, and he was he was funny. He was like, you jerks, why, why haven't you contacted me? And then he showed us pictures of his family, and he's got kids and a wife. Right. And, and we're kind of like, well, we, we couldn't find you. We didn't know that you were out there. 
So, um, so that was kind of a fun addition to have Nick sending pictures and 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 being like, "Come on, I'm here too." <laughs> so it kind of um, it kind of resembles his time on the show. I feel Mitchell. It was kind of like, "Hey, I'm on this show too, everyone." <laughs> <laughs> it's exactly right. That's exactly how he was. So it was like perfect. But uh, yeah, so it was fun to reconnect with a lot of them. Um, Alicia was part of that group. Uh, Jeff Barner and I hadn't talked to Kimmy for a long time until then. So it was fun to really reconnect with a bunch of them and and try to find a date that we could all get together and gosh that has been an ongoing saga <laughs> i was about to say so has that happened yet but obviously uh, it's still in the works it sounds no. like well and the funny thing is and i kind of feel bad tina wesson was um willing to put us all up in a in cabins um in her area and she had all kinds of zip line tours for us and, and whitewater rafting things and we had picked a date and, you know, we had over half the people committed to do it. And then when the date got closer, she wasn't hearing from anybody and she wasn't getting confirmation from anybody. And, and she called me and she was like, is this happening? So it kind of fell through. And I feel bad because I really wish that we would have, you know, really pushed for that and made that happen. And I do do truly think that will eventually happen. But it just didn't happen that one time. And, and I I feel like she kind of got burned on the whole deal and feels a little bit bad about it. So it'll be interesting to see the photos and everything from that event. I think that would definitely be a lot of uh, long-term fans would be, you know, salivating at the fact to see all these photos and videos of you guys just hanging out. Even if you, know, even if it was just half of you guys, I guess, because you know, I mean, kind of going on what you're saying about with some of the cast. I mean, you know, it would be fantastic if someone like Elizabeth showed up and even someone like Colby, I guess, kind of, you know, is obviously still busy. But um, you know, even if. 50% of you guys are in the vicinity of each other. That's going to excite a lot of Survivor fans. It is. You're right. And, um, you know, I, 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 I've said this for a while. I think it would behoove CBS to actually organize this and, and, and put it together. And I don't care if they film it or whatever, like, because I do think that there would be some people who would want to see that. Um, I think it would be smart of CBS to try to put something like that together. Um, I, I, I think I'm the only survivor that's still in touch with Mad Dog. Um, I can say without any hesitation that none of us are in touch with Kel. Oh, here's my next one I was going to ask. Like, that was sort of the one I should have added in that Keith and, and Nick category because, uh, is, is he's just, so he's just completely Nobody disappeared. Nobody has talked to Kel since the day that show was over. Wow. We did our show. Nobody has talked to him. Wow. And, um, and that's not a surprise to me. Um, Deb... On the other hand, I keep in touch with Deb. She's a Facebook friend, and we talk every now and again. Yeah, well, it's it's interesting, actually, you mentioned Mad Dog and Deb, because I think sort of when, I mean, we're since rebooted now into the Oz Network, but kind of in sort of the final, I think, year or so of Survivor Oz, as it was, um, we actually got to interview both Deb and Mad Dog. Like, we sort of got separate interviews with them, and, and both were just beyond memorable like you know they kind of lived up to expectations sort of when i got the, the the amazing chance to chat with both of them they gave both fantastic interviews and um yeah they, they were two of my favorites easily because it's kind of as, as i said such a fan of your season and kind of you know deb's obviously got this real cult status about her now in the survivor community and also even mad dog as kind of it was just interesting to sort of speak to her when we sort of tracked her down and it was just Amazing. I love both those women. They're incredible people. Yeah, they really, truly are. Um, I have to agree with you on that. Um, I, I, I love them both dearly, and I, uh, I really do want to see them both again in person soon. So hopefully one of these things can happen. Yeah, well, fingers crossed. Um, Amber, Amber kind of dropped off the face of the earth after marrying Rob, and 
I know that Roger has reached out to her many times, and she hasn't reached out back, and so... Uh, what, you know, what number kids she up to? They're up to about number 712, aren't they, in the Mariano clan? They're really producing a season of Survivor, it seems, so... I know! <laughs> well, I think that's what Roger was saying. He was saying that every time she had the baby, he sends her a congratulations text, and he doesn't give anything back, and he's like, what the heck? <laughs> so, I think they're still yeah, signed up by CBS. Her. I think that was part of their whole deal when they got married. They kind of signed an extra contract, like, you must produce 16 children so that Survivor Season 76 <laughs> is Mariano versus Mariano. Oh, you're right. That's probably exactly what they're they're gearing up for. <laughs> well, let's be honest. It would be kind of cool in some weird, warped way, wouldn't it? Just like a, a cast of Mariano children, you know, both their parents are Survivor winners. I mean, I'd watch it. <laughs> right. I'd watch that. <laughs> but, um... But yeah, I feel like I feel like we've touched on everybody on my season, haven't we? I mean, Pretty Jeff Bonner is back on the show, which I think is exciting. I mean, I I always like watching, you know, fellow castmates go back. I I I've always questioned why he is their choice to bring back, and here's why. Like, I'm just I'm not being a, a, a mean about this. I'm just saying, like, he never made it to the jury ever. And, and so why is he a game changer? You know what I mean? Like, I, I, I question why, why they are picking some of the people they are picking for these shows where they bring back other survivors. And I'm like, I never saw anything really in Jeff that was that amazing. So I don't understand why they keep choosing him. Um, Cause this is, I think his third one. It is. Yeah. Yeah. I think it, I think a lot of the thing with this season it came down to is that, um, it, well, yeah, it was, you're right when it comes to saying like, the people that they're bringing back. I think the issue I have with it is the name of the season. It's kind of, if this was just All-Stars 2, I wouldn't really have a problem with who they've brought back. But it's kind of, the fact you're calling it Game Changers, that's such a statement to make. And um, right. it's it's interesting. Because, I mean, look, it's an enjoyable season, but it's kind of, yeah, you look at some of these people and think, wow, how are they a Game Changer? Well, and then if you think in real life about real Game Changers, where are they? Because um, I can tell you right now, um, I can't even think of his name right now, but he, he's the one whose grandma died. Um, oh, Johnny Fairplay. He's a game changer. Mm. Yeah, yeah, Fairplay's a game changer. Jerry Manthor's a game changer. Like, I don't I don't see these people being game changers. Like, Sandra, I love her to death, but um, what, she won it twice? That's why she's a game changer. Um, so there, there are some people in there where I'm like, I don't know why they're a game changer. And I think you're right. If they just called it, all-stars, you know, whatever, then I would say, all right, that's fine. The thing that's, I think, fascinating too now, sort of obviously we'll talk about Varner in just a second, but of course in the last couple of seasons too we had second chances and Kimmy, of course, was on that season. So now it's um, the fact that half of you guys, eight out of the 16 people from Australian Outback, have now returned. It's easily the season with the most returning players on it if you don't sort of count, say, an All-Stars or Heroes Villains. or I I don't even put Micronesia in there because you, you don't count a returning player coming from a returning player season as sort of multiple people. But, it, I mean, does that give you hope, Mitchell? Because, like, if they've ticked off 50% of the cast, you know, you've only got eight more of you guys if they ever want to kind of go from the pool. And, I mean, you guys pretty much had the perfect cast anyway. So let's take out of the equation Kel because no one's heard from him. Uh, you know, Nick, possibly they might just not think of him, might be Keith, dead. you know, well, yeah. so three. So there's only five of you then. Um, so it's kind of, it lessens the field a little bit. You got some you hope know there. Funny. <laughs> and, and I think, uh, I'm glad you bring that up because you'll you'll laugh when you meet Roger because um, Roger is the one who keeps saying to me, because he also has not been asked back, he keeps saying to me, 
hey, it's only a matter of time. <laughs> They're getting down to the wire. <laughs> There's only a few of us left. We just hold in there. And, you know, chances are. And I'm like, you're right. Why haven't they called us? Yep. Like, what's going on? Yep. And you got to look at that. You got to look at that field in terms of like the, at least even just the men of the the eight of you left. As I said, you know, Keith it sounds busy, so I don't think he'd be available really. Kel's nowhere. Nick, I don't think he would do it. You're right. Yeah. So Nick kind of there. So it's only you and Roger that are left. So hey, you guys are in. <laughs> I think you're right because because I, I can tell you right now, I don't think Nick would do it. I, I'm pretty sure he would he would pass. Wow. But uh, yeah, Roger and I, we're available. You're Come sad. on, what's the, going the on? The two remain men from Australian Outback who haven't come back yet, you know, so uh, there you go, CBS. We're just, we've just done your job for you. Well, one of these days, one of these days. Now, obviously on, on Varna, we've obviously had that whole situation recently, uh, you know, kind of what we've seen. I mean, what was your take on that, I guess? Uh, I mean, I don't want to touch too much on this because obviously clearly it's it's been a couple of weeks now and we've sort of, we've moved past it all. But I mean, I guess kind of just watching this from your perspective must have I mean, I don't even know what to say in terms of how you... I don't want to assume how you would feel, Mitchell, but what was your take on how it all happened? I was um, I was really shocked, of course, um, like everybody else, but I was, I was kind of upset that he chose to do that, and for a few reasons. I mean, as you probably know, and, and most everybody else does, his first time on season two with me, he was a closeted gay. So, you know his biggest fear was being outed on that show. So why would somebody who, who was in the closet on his per- first season be okay with, with outing somebody else um, who kind of is in the same community, uh, you know, on, on national TV, like he knew it was going to get a lot of attention. And I truly think that he did it maliciously. I don't think that he, if you watch it, like he didn't do it to um, just I, the way that he did it was so dumb. I mean, he's trying to say, "Hey, we're all being deceitful." For example, he's he was born a woman. Like, why, why, why that approach? Like, it just didn't make sense to me, and it upset me, and it just made me think, "Oh my god, I can't imagine being on that show and having somebody do that to me or, or out me in the same way." It's it's kind of sort of interesting how it all it all came about because I guess kind of going into it as well I wasn't aware that Varna was like fully out as well so I kind of was watching it thinking well and and I wasn't aware of that either until yeah. until reports started coming out saying that he's he's now out yeah that's the kind of was my perspective of it too because when all of a sudden the, the media was basically saying you know openly gay Jeff Varna I was like oh, okay well. Either the media have just outed him, or he has been out for a little bit. But I think it also came down. I think um, Hatch might have sort of talked a little bit about it a month or so beforehand on Rob Has a Podcast, and he sort of was mentioning about Varner and his partner or something along those lines. But, yeah, it's it's kind of... it. I was so... The way it kind of all played out as well, it was just disappointing to watch because it, it was just... It was, it was just I want to say awkward television. I mean, well, it kind of was awkward, but it was just—it was just sort of how it all played out. But I guess the the one weird positive to kind of take out of it, though, Mitchell, is that, and we sort of we talked about this with John Carroll when we had him on the episode that week, is that it does, I think, show as a society how far we have come. That the backlash against Varna's comment really has obviously, you know, been there to support Zeke and support kind of the, you know, a transgender person's choice. To, to sort of reveal that about them. And I, I find that if this maybe had happened 
you know, during your season, if, say, this was a, a thing during your season, I don't feel the reaction would have quite as been as strong. So I guess the, the positiveness to take out of it is maybe, as a society, we've come a long way. Well, it's funny that you say that, Ben, because I think back to my season and how um, CBS was desperate for me to admit that I was gay and I didn't, and I wouldn't. And and um, it, it turned into the circus of of um, celebrities saying that they think that I am. Howard Stern always commented on it. Um, Rosie O'Donnell commented on it. Um, David Letterman mentioned it, and it was on the front page of the Inquirer, and it was all this big news of we think he's gay. And if you look at seasons today, I think most people say, okay, which one of them is the gay one? Mm, like, yeah. Nobody cares. It's, yeah. not, it's not front page news anymore. It's not... It's not worthy of celebrity gossip. It's like, okay, well, one of them is probably gay. Which one is it? Like, that that tells me how far we've come. And with this, I agree. I think that now, you know, we've come even a step further um, with the transgender community and, and saying, hey, that's that's not how you handle this. So, so I know that he got a lot of flack, and I did read a lot of his Facebook messages, you know, after that happened, and, and I've feel for him because there's no way that he can't hurt from the messages that he received but at the same time it just wasn't the right thing to do or say and and, and i really question what his motives really were mm. and i mean there's definitely that line isn't there that even sort of you know it's of course people are allowed to show disgust at kind of what happened and varna's definitely seems to be owning up to the fact that he made a mistake but you know there is definitely a line that People sadly are still crossing. If you if you do look at kind of the comments that he is getting on social media, it kind of there is a point where it just goes too far the other direction, and that people then just become bullies against him. It's sort of it, this is sort of like why I, I definitely wanted to raise it with you first if we wanted to talk about this because you know it does feel like at a certain point you just need to move on and kind of just okay this has happened and let's get on with life. But uh, yeah, it's kind of that line, and that's kind of my thing. I think it's, it's disappointing to still see that he's copying abuse for it when clearly most people I think have just moved on from this situation. No, I agree with you, Ben. And and, and I do want to just point out, you know, I um like I said before when I did the first season or the second season, um, I was uh, closeted and I was not out and about it at all. And CBS tried desperately for me to admit it and I wouldn't and they they were the ones who said people are going to assume that you are and it's going to be talked about a lot and you're going to get a lot of grief for it. And so I was scared. And the, my biggest fear going into that show, it wasn't the spiders of Australia or the snakes that are deadly and poisonous. It was, is somebody going to say, wait a minute, you're gay, right? Mm. And how am I going to handle that? And how am I going to react to that? And that was my biggest fear. It, it, honest to God, that was my biggest fear going into the show. And um, in the end, uh, you know, it, it kind of backfired, and a lot of people did assume that I was and talk about it a lot. But um, so for me, when I saw the look in Zeke's face that night, because I did not know he was transgender. I don't think anybody did except for his own family. When I saw that look in his face, that was a look of the exact fear that I felt going into Survivor. Is somebody going to out me? And so I, I just... I find it really unforgivable, unfortunately, when it comes to Jeff. I haven't reached out to him. I, um, I, I you know, I follow him on, fa- on, on Facebook and stuff like that, but I haven't reached out and said, hey, you know, 
let's talk about this because I, I still am kind of upset that he did that. Mm, mm, it's, it's, it's still obviously, yeah, kind of going on the, the sort of the time factor. I mean, I'm sure over time you guys will bump into each other, particularly if you, if you have this sort of uh, mini reunion, I guess. And I guess you guys can probably sit down, have a bit of a chat about it and then enjoy a, a beer afterwards. Exactly. Yeah. That's what that's we like to hear, Mitchell. That's that's myself. that's all the healing process. That's that's the main thing at the end of the day. So uh that's we like exactly. to hear that. We like to hear that. And uh this is this is always fun, mate. And look, as I said, we're gonna have a lot of fun when it comes to being in this event and with every contestant we're getting on here to talk about it, of course we will provide links on our website for where you can donate each person attending the event has their own uh, fundraising page where you can donate money towards JDRF to help raise funds for type 1 diabetes research. But Mitchell, this is going to be fun. It's only a few weeks away. I Bring know. it on and uh, let's let's uh, play some laser tag and sand volleyball together. I'm looking forward to beating you. <laughs> I'm looking forward to it as well. I can't wait. Fun chats with all three of them. We appreciate their time, and I'm really looking forward to hanging out with them in a couple of weeks. You're going to see videos, photos, the works on our Facebook page. And, uh, again, donate, donate, donate. Head to theoznetwork.net. You'll find all the links there involved where you can donate to each of the individuals you've heard on the show. You can donate to my own fundraising page. We've all got to try and at least get to $250 ahead of this event to, uh, to really make a difference. So we would appreciate any support that you can give this fantastic cause type 1 diabetes research jdrf it's a fantastic organization and uh, definitely appreciate all the support that you can give them we'll have as i said at the beginning of this episode two more of these episodes to come across the next two weeks on next week's episode you're going to hear my chat with joel klug from season one of borneo fun guy fun chat talks a lot about the event talks a lot about catching up with his fellow cast member jenna lewis and that's definitely going to be a fun time also from uh, the herpes of survivor Oz of survivor of the oz network billy garcia that's a that's a good herpes if, if such a thing exists from survivor cook island season 13 always great to have billy you heard him early on this year giving us a recap episode but uh, he's back to talk about his attendance at this event and a variety of other things too and you'll also hear from a non-survivor person two people to be precise the green team from the amazing race season 27 justin and diana sheeman and uh look i i have absolutely really no knowledge on the amazing race i've only kind of watched it here and there so you're gonna hear a, a guy who knows a lot about survivor interview two people from the amazing race doesn't know a whole lot about it but it's still a fun chat both justin and diana are great people met them and hung out with them last year at reality rally and uh looking forward to doing that again in a few weeks time there in cincinnati Ohio. So stay tuned for that next week and I'll tell you who's on the final episode in about two weeks time at the end of next week as well. Stay tuned to the Oz Network though. We do have a Survivor Game Changers recap episode coming up this week with somebody who you just heard on this episode. Dan Foley is joining us again in only a couple of days to give us a recap episode of Survivor. So stay tuned for that. Looking forward to getting him back on the program. As always, we know he can talk and we know that uh, he has some great opinions. So stay tuned for that subscribe to us on itunes stitcher the best way to get these episodes direct to your device whilst you're there you can leave us feedback you can rate us you can send us a a, a cookie I, I don't know if you can do that on the internet but i'm sure there's somewhere you can do that as well like us on facebook follow us on twitter you know the drill we always appreciate your support and sticking with us throughout all these episodes we're having a lot of fun bringing you this content and we really sincerely hope that you are enjoying the content that we are providing you but until we next week again my name has been ben thank you for your company and we'll speak to you next time on the oz network Thank you for listening to the Oz Network. Don't forget to subscribe to get new episodes delivered to your speakers every 
week. For more information, hit us up at theoznetwork.net.